0: I want to talk to you about one of Jesus' last messages to his disciples. And the message that he gave them at first caused a caused a little bit of distress in their lives. up to this time, their their concept and their perceptions began to interfere with, with the message that he gave them. See, they'd already come to some conclusions. They'd been wrapped up in their minds. Even though he had went ahead and told them a number of times what was going to take place, when it comes right down to it, and they still had a difficulty with it. And that is the fact that Jesus said, I'm going to go away. And they fell into despair, hopelessness. The dreams that they had held while they had walked with Jesus, And the words that he had said that were beautiful and true. They simply had them all connected to Jesus. And while indeed they were connected to Jesus, he had something better in mind. Something better in mind. I mean, I do give them credit. I... I, I I would be shattered too if I hadn't understood that, I would, you know, what was after the fact. If I was going to lose the presence of Jesus. So this morning's title is "Advantage Holy Spirit." And as you know, my time as senior pastor is being wrapped up, and so. These are time-sensitive messages. I'll have four messages after today. And each one of those, I believe the Holy Spirit has burned in my heart for the church. You see, in the beginning... Man's spirit was the dominant force in him. But when he sinned, his mind became the dominant. Sin dethroned the spirit and it crowned the intellect. But God's grace is restoring the spirit. The Spirit. As believers, we have a tremendous advantage because of the Holy Spirit's presence that lives in us. We're going to ask the question, what is better, Jesus beside you or the Spirit within you? Well, Jesus said it's better to have the Spirit in you than to have the physical presence of Jesus beside you. He's not minimizing that, but he's expanding it. The expansion. As we all know that the presence of God in Jesus Christ was only, it was limited to where he was at. It couldn't, he couldn't be everywhere. And he wasn't everywhere. And so Jesus begins to tell them that, you know, it's to their advantage. In John 16, but I know I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Paul picks up his pen in Ephesians chapter 5 as he writes, and in verse 18, he says that it's important that we are filled with the Spirit. He says that the Holy Spirit will bring them to a level of spiritual reality far greater than that which they experienced through the physical presence of Jesus. They would enjoy a greater level of spiritual resources wrought by the Holy Spirit than they had experienced in the three and a half years that they spent with Jesus. I was introduced to the Holy Spirit as a young child. I had a major encounter with the Holy Spirit at the age of 10. And so that means that I have been learning about the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit for 65 years. Now, my introduction to the Holy Spirit as a 10-year-old is very limited. My comprehension now was minimal. And within the framework of those that were my overseers and oversight, I learned about the Holy Spirit more and more. but after i learned from them i began to also learn from the holy spirit and the expansion of the holy spirit over these years has is phenomenal not because i know so much but because i relate to him And that's why it's called the communion of the Holy Spirit. Spending time. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that the church would not simply be a museum of the historical Jesus, but that it would be a living Body. What is a museum? It's a place where you admire the artifacts, but it lacks the spiritual dynamism in power, in life, of what we're talking about. Church is not just a place of remembering. It's a place of encounter. It's an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's that life of Jesus being quickened in us as individuals and as a body. Let me work with that word remember just a little bit. Because we're called to remember. But not just as an artifact. We are not called to remember the cross, the blood and the resurrection just as an artifact. We are called to remember it as a life-giving source. And a present encounter. Let me show you. In communion, it says, this, Do this in remembrance of me. Now, that can, you can make that just a remembrance, or you can make it an encounter. And Paul says, I want to show you. It is not just an artifact. It is an encounter. How do I know? He said, because some don't understand it. You know what I mean? And grasp it. They are sick and dying. If it's just an artifact... It would not have power in those frameworks of life. But it has power in the framework of life. It is a a living God. Remember. We did not come to church to remember... Or just remember, let me phrase that. We come to church, we build the church because of an encounter. An encounter. Jesus said, it's to your advantage. And by it, you'll be able to have encounters with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. As the Holy Spirit grew in my life and I became more interested the box that I had originally been originally been set began to expand. Now, I'll get a little frank here. The box that I was introduced to had a framework of just, you know, an excitable, you know, joyful, wonderful, speak in tongues, and go home. I didn't know, although he was walking with me, I didn't know how to walk with him every day. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to talk to him every day. So as I, as he expanded me, and I discovered in Scripture, and I discovered through, just through the relationship with him, the communion of him, I discovered about him and his role is to play in our lives. And that's what I want to get into this morning, church. Maybe I'm just slow on the uptake. But I don't think I am. Because I've watched what has been designated as a good service and a bad service. And it was always within their little box. I'm not saying discard your box. I'm saying expand your box. Because Christianity is about experiencing the powerful activity of this living Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. That unbreakable lifeline that meets the spiritual needs of people. Natural remedies won't work. It's not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Paul said you need to be filled with the spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you a favorable position, a superior position, a better position. In fact, it is the word that John talked about having taking Jesus. You really can't take Jesus without the Holy Spirit. You can take an artifact of Jesus, but you can't take the living Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Now you have him this morning. Don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about. You know, recognizing the ministry and the need of the expansion of the Holy Spirit. Eye has not seen and ear has not heard. You'll never get it on your own, but you'll get it by the Holy Spirit. He has revealed it unto us by His Spirit. There are seven offices of the Holy Spirit. The book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 5, begins to tell us about those seven spirits of God. It gives us a picture of how how heaven views the Holy Spirit. First of all, when the Holy Spirit came, See, the Spirit of God's always been in all the world, and He is everywhere. But it's a dimension, it's a dynamic that has never been experienced before. It becomes a personalized, individual, corporate activity of God in our midst. He's omnipresent. The Holy Spirit makes God omnipresent. Never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit, when He is come, in other words, He's there for you, He's there for us. He's there for the world, to, for us to take him to the world. Another work of the Holy Spirit, and if you get this, you know what I mean, you'll rest a little bit better in this tumultuous time, in this evil time. But the Holy Spirit is also the spirit of restraint not only in our lives, but in the world. Genesis opens up with the Holy Spirit. It's hovering over the face of the earth, waiting to do the will and the command of God. He not only takes that which has been void and empty, but changes it to make it full and finished. He's this great restrainer. Such a good news in this world that is in upheaval. He's always been the restrainer of darkness. Thessalonians says this, that there's only one power that is holding back the revealing of the antichrist and that is the holy spirit think about it i personally can get, get concerned about the events of the war of the world on my own but here's what he said in second thessalonians He said, The mystery of iniquity already works. And he who now letteth, let what? Let iniquity work. Will let until he be taken out of the way. He's got it in check, folks. He's led in iniquity. Because God's setting the stage. He's setting the stage, and he always sets stages. But he says that the Antichrist will not be revealed until he, not the church, although they may go together, the church is not called to He. Is taken out of the way. So the good news is, is that, is that I, even though the entire universe seems to be, you know, heading in an irreversible direction, it still has a restrainer, and that's the Holy Spirit. the world will not collapse until the Holy Spirit is not here. And he's here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the spirit of truth. Remember what Psalm says, said, Psalmist, in, in Psalms 23. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He sees to it that we don't get off track. Hallelujah. We may have some, you know, some moments in times where we're trying to figure things out. But he says, I'm going to see to it that you don't get off track. He leads us. He is the truth. Amen. And that truth is dwelling within us. The Holy Spirit will never deliberately conceal anything that you need to know. He will reveal everything that you need to know. We need to let him coach us, right? Amen. He's the spirit of revelation. We won't land on these much. But he said, I'll let you know. You don't understand things? I'll go ahead and I'll teach you. Jesus said he'll take what is mine and he will... Declare it to you. He's the spirit of conviction. You ever had that little stop in your spirit? A little something pop up? (laughs) That's good. But he's not only that for us, he is that also for the world. He'll convict the world of sin. Why is that important? Because there's no born-again life without conviction of sin. That's why when John the Baptist came on the scene, he said, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I know repentance is some circles is a dirty word, so to speak, you know what I mean? But you know, it's a lifeline. Yeah, it's a lifesaver. Both for the world when we come to when, when one comes to Christ, and also, you know, as part of the, art, the artillery or the benefit of us as believers. He's the spirit of conversion. Jesus said to Nicodemus, I want you to know that unless you're born of the Spirit, you cannot enter and you cannot see the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Yeah. No man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. Spirit. He's the spirit of preservation. He's the spirit of preservation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We are kept today because of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And not just beside us. It's a powerful thing. Now, let me address the subject of salvation just quickly. In living a life, you may not be able to lose your salvation, but you can leave your salvation but I will tell you that is not easy to leave your salvation but you can leave it both Peter and the book of Hebrews tells us that people can leave their salvation Hebrews chapter 6 for it is impossible For if, after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. It would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned from the holy commandment delivered to them." But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her own wallowing in mire. They walk away. It takes a real stubborn soul to reject this marvelous salvation if they've experienced the heart of a transformed life. I didn't write it. But I equate this to the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Because there's only one unforgivable sin, and that's the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you can sin against Him. Or you. No. Remove that. Strike it. It's it's that sin against the Holy Spirit that is just absolutely reject Him after all of the encounters that He has given to you. So they can't forgive, he he won't forgive that. That doesn't fit for you guys. Don't get me wrong, but you know you can leave your salvation, but you can't lose it. You can walk away from Him. You can... Yeah. Well, you see how important the Holy Spirit is when it comes to Him in our midst. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get a better relationship with God. We don't get a better teacher than Jesus but we get better understanding we get better understanding he will open your understanding he will help you with the the scriptures so he's not a better teacher but we get a better understanding amen what do we got we got to try to wrap this up This is important. The Holy Spirit is very important with our understanding because Jesus, as he talked to his disciples before the Holy Spirit, he said, guys, you're really dense. You don't get it. How long shall I be
1: with you? Huh?
0: I tell you, I show you, and yet you, there's some spiritual denseness, denseness In you. So we receive a better understanding when we allow the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, I'll ask for musicians to come. Paul said, you know, we need to learn to walk in the spirit. We're born of the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit. Just like children, they're born. All the capacity is there, but they have to learn to walk. They have to learn to walk in the Spirit.
1: And, of course, the Spirit is not independent of the Word. You can learn
0: a lot just from the Word. Okay? But there are personal sides of things that only come, you know, on a personal basis of you spending time with the Holy Spirit and engaging the Holy
1: Spirit in your life.
0: Now, the Holy Spirit is an absolute necessity when it comes to the Word of God. It says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I've heard some preachers say, Well, there's some things in us that need to be killed. Well, (laughs) yes. There is, but I don't think that's what, what that means there. Uh, uh. <coughs> Jesus said, you know what I mean, the Holy Spirit was so important when it comes to the ministry of the word that he says, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until you get it. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be able to take Jesus to, to the world. In that aspect, we get a transformed life. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God's water supply for the thirst state, for you personally, for the dry world. The Holy Spirit is the river. He's the one that turns the wilderness into waterways. He's the one that turns, you know what I mean, the brushes, the fruitless land into fruitful lands. The Holy Spirit. Why is our understanding and perception of the Holy Spirit so important? Because Jesus said in John 7, 37, on the last day Jesus stood in crime, he said, If any man believes on me as the Scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit... That they would receive, for he was not yet given. He pointed to the Holy Spirit. You have this morning the best. The Holy Spirit is God's best. Jesus'
1: whole work,
0: His redemption, His resurrection included getting the Holy Spirit
1: to us. If I don't go, He
0: can't come. Has to be a finish. Jesus has to finish his work. Don't touch me because I am not yet ascended to your father and my father. It had to be the carrying of the blood into the mercy seat of God. There has to be a cleansing for the soles of the feet of the dove to land on. Because, you see, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a dove. He only can land where the blood has went ahead and cleansed.
1: But he's cleansed you. Amen. Holy Spirit.
0: I want to encourage you to not just know about him as an artifact,
1: but as a real person. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Converse with Him.
0: Ask Him. When He's come, He will show you. Now I know that the Holy Spirit is already here. He already lives inside of us. But I also know that sometimes you have to wait on Him. You have to have time, you've got to cut out time for Him. We can't just run through life because He's in us. Well, we can, but we'll miss out on a whole lot. Let's put it that way. That's all. Just miss out on so much.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Spend time. It's called the communion of the Holy Spirit which is deeper, more intimate than fellowship. We won't get into that. I know we want Him, but as a church, we must keep it a priority. Keep it a priority. In a great opportunity of an invitation for the Holy Spirit is when when we're doing worship, when we're doing praise.
1: You know? Really go
0: ahead and you know reach to the Holy Spirit. Reach to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You see. The early church, I believe it's in Acts chapter 4, they had the Holy Spirit in them. But all of a sudden in Acts chapter 4, the Holy Spirit does something, you know, that makes them aware that He is really there. And it's a description, it's not a prescription. He said, and the church prayed, and the place was shaken by the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost again. Well, it's not a one-time thing, Pastor Doug. No. Church, you got it. Hey you got it. You just have to you know get to know him better.
1: get to know him better.
0: Holy Spirit today we want to make a petition for this house for our lives for our families. And we're asking that there would be a center stage in our lives, in our churches. That we would make room That we would engage you, expand us, expand us, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Try starting the day with the Holy Spirit. Amen.